Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Psalm 95, and the title of today's message is Today. That's it, just today. Psalm 95. Now, if I ask you this question, Genesis 1-1 says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God created the heaven and the earth? Because really, if you can say yes to that, and your belief is, is true, then everything else that follows in the Scripture is possible. Pretty simple. If God created everything, the things that we see, the things that we don't see, and we believe in that God, then everything that has happened since the creation of the world until the end, God is in control of. Now, in the Garden of Eden, there was an enemy of God who's still in existence today. He was one of the most beautiful creatures ever created. was an angel. His name was Lucifer. But Lucifer and a third of the angels rebelled against God. They didn't like being under his authority. Lucifer wanted to be like God. He wanted to be above God. He wanted to ascend above the throne of God, and he wanted to be worshipped. Well, God, who created Lucifer, kicked him out and kicked out the third of the angels. Well, one day in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, Lucifer came to Eve in the form of of a serpent. And he said to Eve, did God really say? Did God really say? And he started putting doubts in her mind. Now, if you read the scripture, Eve was not by herself. There was somebody right there with Eve. And it was Adam. And they both took of all the trees in the garden they could eat of. But one tree they couldn't eat of. You see, God, in his magnificent creation of you and me, gave us a free will. So we always have a choice. We always have a decision to make. Are we going to follow what God says? Or are we going to follow what we feel or what other people say? That has been the history of the world. What decision? Whose voice do you follow? Well, when we look in Psalm 95, it says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. There's an invitation there. Oh, come. 
God is bidding all of the creation to come. It's an invitation. This invitation is one day we're going to be with the King of Kings, with the Lord of Lords, with the Creator that we worship, that we read about, that we hide His Word in our heart. We're going to meet Him face to face one day. He's given everybody in the, on the planet an invitation to come. And then it says, let us sing to the Lord. Most of us did that just about 10 or 15 minutes ago. We sang praises to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. We know that Jesus is the rock. In 1 Corinthians, it says, And they drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Yet here in the Psalms, we see in the Old Testament, the rock. They drank from the rock. He's the rock of our salvation, Jesus Christ, none other than Jesus. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands form the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. In those two verses, or in that verse 6, worship, adoration, awe, reverence of who he is, of who God is. Worshiping the Lord. Humbling ourselves. Bowing down before Him. One Peter five seven, casting all your cares, casting all your worries, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. In Psalm fifty one seventeen, it talks about the sacrifice of God. Are a broke, or the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Where's your heart today? Where's my heart today? Notice God doesn't ask for you to do certain things to please Him. What He's looking for from every one of us is a broken spirit. A spirit that is not puffed up or proudful, but is in submission to Him. We heard that before. Submission. Submit to Him. Absolute surrender. How much are we surrendering to the Lord of our hearts? A broken and a contrite heart. Another, another word for broken can be humble. A humility. Knowing that we're not God. We can't control the things in this universe. 
Sometimes we can't even control ourselves, can we? How many times do we see that sin nature pop up in circumstances and people we meet? Things that happen that just shows the gook that's still in our heart. That sin nature. But notice that God, one of His things that He looks for from us is a contrite heart, a repentant heart. Psalm 95, and we're going to look at Hebrews 3 a little later, were written to the people of God. They were written to people like you and me that are long, long gone from this earth. Hopefully most of them are in glory. That they put their trust in the living Savior. But a contrite heart. You see, if we sit here today and we don't have that repentant heart, a lot of the things that are taught today can fall on deaf ears. And our prayer is that God will open up everybody's ears, including mine, and open up our hearts to receive the things from the Lord. One of the other things up here on the bottom right, what is the use of wealth in pockets if there's poverty in the brain and emptiness in the heart? Right? Think about that. If we are spiritually bankrupt, how poor we really are, regardless of how much money we have in the bank. And we need to bank on Jesus. We need to invest our time, our efforts, our energy on Jesus and what He's calling us to do today. You know, Rick was up here, and it's always cool when you see people and families from different parts of the world obeying the voice of God. That's huge. But we don't have to leave our area to obey the voice of God. He might be calling us to, to leave the area, but many times it's just taking care of business right in your own home, your own neighborhoods, your own church. Verse 7, For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear His voice, He's our God. He's your God. He's my God. And depending on how long you've been a believer in God, has it gotten old to you? Do you take it for granted that the God of the universe is your God? He's your Lord. He's your Savior. And He compares us to the sheep are in His pasture. Notice, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you would hear His voice. And I love this picture up here. I love the picture. Look at all the other sheep. Right? But look at the one in the red circle. He's alert. He's paying attention. His head is up. He's ready. Hopefully that's you and I whenever we open up God's Word. That we're alert. We're listening. We're anticipating. We're ready. What is it, Lord? What is it that you're trying to tell me today? That's, an, that's a personal invitation for today. 
for you and I to open up our hearts and ears and hear what he's saying to us. I made a joke before about the chickens in the Dominican Republic. He's using chickens. Yet some of us lack the confidence to be used by God. He can't use little old me or little young me or big old me or big young me. He can use everybody hearing today. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter where you are if you are submissive to the Lord. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the days of trial in the wilderness. Notice what comes when you're not hearing the Lord. Notice what comes. There's a hardness of your heart. You shut down. You don't listen. And it's rebellion. We've got to recognize for what it is. Time keeps marching along. Time keeps moving. I can't believe my 44 years as a public school teacher and coach is gone. It went fast. When you look back, there were days that seemed like years, right, kids? And adults, if you can remember those days that seemed like years. But now I look back and how quick 44 years went. It is a vapor. And in 44 years, wow, what's going to be 44 years added to your life from today if the Lord tarries or keeps you on this planet that long? Now, we know, or most of us know, that Jesus is the doorway. He's the gate. You can see on the picture on the left is a sheep gate, sheepfold where they kept the sheep. And notice, there's only one entrance, right? There's only one entrance. And I love the picture on the right where Jesus is the door. And notice, he's watching over his sheep. But remember who the sheep are. It's you and me and those chickens in the Dominican Republic. He's watching over all his creation that are being used by him. And he's not going to let anything in that sheepfold. He would have to die for anybody to get in there. But the only people who get in there are who? The people that hear his voice and respond to his voice. If you're here today and you haven't responded to his voice, he's got you here today to respond. Isn't that cool? That's what a good shepherd does. He's awesome. And there's no other way in there. As the scripture said, anybody else who tries to come in any other way is a thief and a robber. And that good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. As we know, he did at Calvary. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the days of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me. They tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said, it is a people who go astray in their hearts and they do not know my ways. 
So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Can you flip with me to Psalm 23, please? I'm going to go back to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, beginning with verse 1. And hopefully this is something that you can say today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know if you can read it from where you are, but it says, I wonder why I don't hear from the shepherd anymore. And in John 10, 27, it says, My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. title of today's message is Today. But as you're seeing, there's something more attached to today. Today, if you hear his voice, Don't harden your heart like the guys did in the rebellion in the desert. See, back in the days of Moses, you had over two and a half million people that Moses led out of slavery in Egypt. They were slaves to the Pharaoh. They had to work and make bricks and do all the chores while the Egyptians just lived in luxury. God called Moses to lead them out. And it took them 40 years to get to a place that's probably only an 11-day journey. It took them 40 years. Do you know why? Because their hearts were not right. They were in rebellion. All the adults never made it to the promised land. They have never made it to Israel because their hearts were hardened. They were always complaining. They never thank God and praised him for the things that he did. And you might be saying, well, was there things that were evident that he did? Well, yeah, he did the ten plagues in Egypt that they saw. They were part of to try to soften Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh, like you and I, had a decision to make when he saw and heard what God was doing. But he stiffened his heart against against God. And God just turned him over to his heart eventually. Then, two and a half million people, as they were leaving Egypt, all the Egyptians gave them gold and silver. They just kept blessing them with stuff. They never did that before when they were making bricks. When they were kicking them and whipping them, they never said, hey, you want my ring? Something happened. God shed his grace and mercy, and it was evident. Then they get to the Red Sea. The ocean is there. 
They look behind and see all the chariot wheels, the hundreds and thousands of chariots coming to slaughter. And when Pharaoh finally said, what the heck did I do? Those were all our workers. Who's going to work now? So Moses was between the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army who were coming to slaughter them and bring them back. And what happened? The Red Sea opened and they crossed. And when they got out, Pharaoh's army followed them in and it caved in on them, killing everybody. Then you have the things that happened at Mount Sinai. You have the Ten Commandments. They didn't know how they were going to survive in the wilderness. It was hot. Well, God led them by a cloud. Kept them shaded from the heat. And at night when it got cold in the desert, pillar of fire kept them warm. And there was a tabernacle there that God dwelt in. He was right there in their presence. Told Moses what to do. And the people could come out of their tent every morning and see Moses meeting with God and the pillar of fire or the cloud right there. They were hungry. How are we going to eat? And God gave them manna. Fed them with manna. Then they complained about the manna. They wanted meat. So they built a Chick-fil-A. So God just sent quail down from heaven. Gave them tons of it. They were thirsty in the desert. God opened up a rock and just quenched their thirst. But remember how many people we're dealing with here. Two and a half million or more. That's a lot of people to feed. I wouldn't want to be in that drive through Right? But that's our God, what He can do. And we're told throughout the Scriptures, if you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. If you hear Him. Have you ever been distracted? Do you know that today, most people will touch their cell phones almost 2,500 times? A lot of people spend 8 to 11 hours on their cell phone. And I think you caught it. People are on their cell phones so much that they're put in lines so people don't get hit by the traffic. Who's controlling who? So as we look at this, I wonder why I don't hear from the shepherd anymore. Well, we just have to look at part of the strategy, I believe, of Lucifer, the enemy, trying to get us so distracted and so caught up in things that we don't hear his still small voice. You see, to hear God's still small voice, you need to be still and listen. That's one of the things, the beauty of church, is we come together and we teach. And notice how quiet it is in here right now. You're listening. We're doing a heck of a job sleeping without snoring. But you're listening. That's awesome. God wants us to listen, but understand that we're living in a society today that is progressively changing where we're becoming more and more isolated from each other 
and hearing everything but God's voice. And we as believers need to be careful that we don't get caught up in this because it's changing our planet, right? It's changing everything. Again, I'll read it just in case. It says, I told you to ask for directions. And it's a couple in a convertible. And on the right, the, uh, the guy says, but I thought all roads lead to God. And you can see there's a one way to God and then there's religion and a dead end and sin. And of course, we know that Jesus said, he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father through him. But we know that there's worldly wisdom. Everything that's out there today. And just think of the confusion and the things that are going on, on our, in our world, in our country, in the world. All the divisiveness, all the arguing, all the uh, talk shows. You know, that it's crazy. It's getting to the point you can't even listen to it in more than a few minutes because it's so redundant or just so annoying. So you have worldly wisdom. And according to our map, it's okay to go this way. It's okay for them to go on that straight path. And then, of course, you have the believer following the Word of God. He's following a different map. But if you notice, and again, think through history. You don't have to think about tomorrow. You just have to think about where you are today and, and all of past history. For everyone who's ever followed another way to heaven or to God, notice the dangers I don't know if you can see the crocodile or alligator right there just lurking, hoping they go that way. Did God really say that there is an enemy of our souls? Did he really say that he is a, he's out to steal, kill, and destroy you? Do you really believe that? Or do you just believe that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth? But remember, there's that enemy that was in the garden and said, did God really say? And we see celebrities we see famous people that have made millions and millions of dollars and i just picked a couple here you have oprah winfrey saying i believe that there are many paths to god i certainly don't believe that there is only one way there couldn't possibly just be one way to god i'm a christian who believes that there are certainly many more paths to god other than christianity now are we going to listen to oprah Oprah did not go to the cross and die for you and me. Guaranteed, she did not. And she would not. And then we have Willie Nelson on the road again. That Willie Nelson. I believe all roads lead to the same place. We've taken different ways to get there, but we all end up in the same place. It's kind of like Kinky Friedman's statement, may the God of your choice bless you. That's the main thoughts that I have about life. Well, thanks, Will. That doesn't do as much good. Doesn't matter how sincere he is in his statement. Because Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Now, the question always is, is Oprah telling the truth? Is Willie telling the truth? Or is Jesus telling the truth? Because Jesus... It's totally contrary to what we're seeing Willie and the O say, right? Totally two di three different statements here. Remember, we have a good shepherd that laid down his life for you and me. Turn to Hebrews chapter 3, please. Hebrews chapter 3. 
Verse 1, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Notice, writer of Hebrews in that verse 6, that Christ is a son over his own house, whose house you and I are. If you're a believer in God and a believer in Jesus Christ, you are part of that house of God. Okay, and notice though here it says, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. There are millions of books out there today that you can uh, get and buy and read online or in uh, Barnes and Noble that help with your self-esteem or help to find out who you are. Well, there's only one book you really need for that stuff, and you have it, either right there in your lap or on your phone. This is the only book that will tell you who you are. It's the only book who tells where you came from and where you're going and the journey on the way that it's not always easy. But notice here it says, we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. You know what that means? It means you're going to be tested. You're going to be tried. You're going to feel like giving up. It's going to be hard. You're going to be feeling like being a quitter. You're going to see everybody else seems to be okay that don't even have a belief in Jesus. And everything seems okay in their world. But that's like the guy who jumped out of the building, the 50-story building, he was falling. He goes, oh, this is awesome. Everything seems fine. Little did he know in a few seconds that reality was going to hit. And now we see the text that we started in Psalm uh, 95 today. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, notice who's speaking in verse 7. It's the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is saying, today if you will hear His voice. That today is a present tense. It's not only for the people in Egypt back then, hundreds and hundreds of years before this. But it's for you and me. It's the present tense today. If you hear his voice, are you going to respond to it? Are you going to listen to what he's telling you to do? Are you going to respond to it? Or are you just going to harden your hearts like they did in the rebellion? And then, of course, as we 8 through uh, 11 goes on to what I had shared with you in Psalm 95. Isn't it cool to know that God wants to speak to you personally, individually, today? 
Today, if you hear his voice, is an individual invitation. It's also collectively as a body of believers, as the house of God, but it's also for you individually. What is God calling you to do today? God uh, put on Brian Reynolds' heart to invite Rick and his family here to Jamesburg from the Dominican Republic. He acted on what God was putting on his heart. We all can, I think, relate to those things. But how many of us are shutting down what God is telling us to do? And we're not obeying. We're not following through. And then sometimes we say, well, God said in his word, uh, you know, he's going to give me abundant life. But I don't get it. I don't feel that. I don't think I've experienced that. You know, it's like the guy who was in a flood, right? The flood waters are rising. And the, the uh, National Guard came and said, hey, you know, they came in a boat. Come on, jump in a the boat. These, it's, we're supposed to get 30 more inches of rain. And the guy go, oh, no, God will take care of me. Waters kept rising. The guy climbed up on his roof. Helicopter came. Coast Guard helicopter. Come on, sir, get out of there. No, God will take care of me. Thank you. Well, the guy drowns. Goes to heaven. He goes, God, I told everybody you're going to take care of me. What happened? Well, I said, I sent you a boat. I sent you the helicopter. You know, are we understanding that God works through his word, through other people, through situations? And as you know his word, you can see it's the hand of God in it when you know his word. But the problem is, there's an ignorance of God's Word today. There's an ignorance of God's Word. Remember, these people in Psalm 95 and referred to in Hebrews 3, remember, they were the people of God. They were being led by Moses, God's servant. This is for you and I. God is trying to speak to us through His Word, but do we avail ourselves to His Word daily? Do we hide His Word in our heart? Do we understand it? Do we dissect it? Do you individually do that so you can hear what God is trying to say to you? You have to remember that whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, Jesus Christ, the rock, the rock, the I am of the burning bush, the same I am who was in the garden when the soldiers went to arrest him said, are you Jesus? And he said, I am. And he showed a little bit of his glory and they all fell down. He knocked them all down. That same I am that was in the garden is the I am that was in the bush. It's Jesus Christ. The second person of the Trinity who was being obedient to the Father. He heard the Father's voice and obeyed it. And came down here for you and for me. He stepped into our world so that we could have hope for the next. As I close... I want to take you through a couple situ a couple people. And I want you to see if this is you, if you can identify with these couple people right now, okay? Anybody know who this is? Zacchaeus. Okay, now Zacchaeus, if you don't know, was a little guy that was hated by the people because he was a tax collector. He used to rip people off. 
And Jesus was passing through Jericho. But God moved on his heart. God was speaking to him. Now remember, Zacchaeus had a terrible history. But yet God spoke to him. What's your history? Today, what's your history? Guess what? God doesn't care. He doesn't care what your history is. He doesn't care about your sin. That doesn't affect him because he died for you. He died for that sin or sins. So, this little guy, do you feel little in God's eyes? Guys and girls, do you feel little? Remember the chickens. I can see everybody's head. Nobody's as small as a chicken in here today. God is speaking to you. What are you hearing? And how will you respond? So, Zacchaeus, what does he do? The crowd, he can't see. He's trying to see Jesus. Was he doing it out of curiosity? Was he doing it because he wanted to meet Jesus? Was he caught up in the everything that Jesus was doing? Well, guess what he did? He climbs a tree. Climbs a tree. So he could have a better view of Jesus. What is Jesus asking you to do to get a better view of him? And you know what? Jesus will always go out on a limb for you and for Zacchaeus and for anybody else who has a heart for him. So, in Luke 19.5, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. <sighs> How cool is that? Here's a guy didn't even couldn't even see Jesus because of the crowd. Took a step of faith, climbed the tree, saw Jesus. Jesus knew he was going to climb that tree that day and said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Huh? Come on down. Zacchaeus' life was never the same again when Jesus was invited into his house. We know, if we're believers here today, that when we invited Jesus into our heart, our life has never been the same again. It's totally different than it was before Christ. And the last person or group of people is Jesus and the thieves on the cross. Now, I know from being a teacher and a coach and just my own personal experience, sometimes we feel small like Zacchaeus, spiritually speaking, or in the eyes of God, we feel small. Well, guess what? Zacchaeus went from small to tall when he climbed the tree. He was above everybody else. And now we have these thieves on the cross with Jesus. Little did they know when they were growing up that they were going to be next to the creator of them one day in a place in Jerusalem. And God is always trying to get attention of people to put their trust in him. Even to the last moments of these two guys' lives. Initially, they both criticized him, mocked him. 
Then there was a, started to be a change in one of the thieves. Their heart started to change. He saw how Jesus was. He could see his demeanor, his personality, his words that he was saying. And it penetrated his heart. While the other thief kept mocking and criticizing. And the one thief said to Jesus, Lord, remember me today. Just remember me. And Jesus said to him, Surely I say to you today you will be with me in paradise. It was in a moment that this man was converted. He didn't have to be baptized. He didn't have to do anything. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't move. Except for his short breaths. And very shortly, they were going to break his legs and he was going to die. But he was with Jesus in paradise that day. Can you identify with both thieves? I can. I don't want to hear about anything Jesus had to say to me when he tried to get my attention when I was younger. I can identify with the good thief who received Christ. I can identify with Zacchaeus. Where are you today? With the Lord, as we close, where are you today? What is God trying to show you today in His Word? And as we close and we look back at Hebrews in verse 12, it says, Beware, brethren, beware, brothers and sisters, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. And departing from the living God. Notice it's all in belief. It's just believing. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today if you will hear his voice do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. If you're here today, I'm going to ask Paul and the worship team to come up. If you're here today and you've never put your trust in the Lord, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. To put your faith in Jesus Christ to become part of the family of God. How cool is that? He's done all the work. He paid the price. He shed his blood for you and for me so that we could be on this magnificent journey that passes so fast, that goes so quick. And young people, you hear your God's voice today. Is he sharing, putting anything on your heart about seeing you at the pole? Just going out there with other kids and praying. Standing out for Christ to see what he's going to do in that school this year. He wants to touch all those lives of all those kids and teachers and staff members. And if he uses chickens, he can use us. If God has put it on your heart to receive him as your 
Lord and Savior. To start that journey, we're just going to say a prayer with you, give you some material, and that'll be it. But what are you waiting for? How many times have you heard God's voice and not responded to it? And if you're out there and you've received Christ and you fell away from Him, you've shut Him down, and you want to rededicate your life, we'll pray for you too. You're in the house of God. You're in with the family of God. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages, in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.